this episode, Ken Schumann and a group of faith walkers reflect on authenticity. This is part five of Faith Walking Principles. This conversation was recorded in March of 2023. To learn more about faith walking, visit www.faithwalking.com. Join the conversation. We are kind of working our way through some really key big ideas in, in faith walking and authenticity is one of those. Authenticity is one of our declared values or, or guiding principles for faith walking. So we ought to know a little something about it. I think the simplest way for, for me to, to define authenticity is when I can show up among any group of people and be fully myself. and I think at the same time as I say that, I think one of the reasons why we aren't able to do that is because of our shame. So we're, we're afraid of being judged and shamed by others. And so we hide from ourselves from them and we disconnect at the, at the deeper levels. We pretend in order to get along and we give up our true self so that we don't rock the boat. And I don't know why this has never occurred to me before, but as I was thinking about authenticity for this morning, I, I, I realized that authenticity is the fruit of emotional maturity. So I, I won't have the capacity to be fully authentic if I'm not growing in my emotional maturity. And the more I grow in my emotional maturity, the more I will often authentically show up as my true self. Yeah, I think all that's powerful. In uh, Brene Brown, I think this is her first book. Uh, it's the book that was then entitled, I thought it was just me. She writes about authenticity and I, I just wanna read a, a bit of this to you. Game prevents us pr from pr presenting our real self to the people around us. Game sabotages our efforts to be authentic. How in the world can we be genuine when we're desperately trying to manage and control how other people perceive us? Boy, that, that, that hit, hits home, doesn't it? I saw almost every one of you shaking your heads. How do we stand up for what we believe in when we're trying to make everyone around us feel comfortable so they won't be angry and, and put us down? We cannot share ourselves with others as long as we see ourselves as flawed and unworthy of connection. We cannot. Uh, we for sure do not share ourselves with others as long as we're feeling flawed and unworthy of connection. It's impossible to be real when we're ashamed of who we really are. So we end up telling people what they want to hear rather than the truth. We can't show up as our authentic selves. And then shame mounts because then we feel shame for being dishonest and misrepresenting ourselves uh, among other people. So for 
if if you remember in faith walking, we talk about three selves, three layers of self. We we have our public self, we have our private self, and we have our secret self. And the public self is the self we show up in groups with where we don't really know people very well, and we show up a certain way. And then our, our private self is that self we show up with, with the people that know us best, and where we there's a little bit of safety, like our family. They know more about us, and they know more about our true self than the people in public do. And then there's our secret self, and that's that part of us that nobody knows but us that we keep hidden and we keep private. And, and so in faith walking, we're challenged to think of, okay, what, what if we could shrink those three selves so that those three selves became one true authentic self? And as we address our vows and as we address our shame, as we increase our capacity to grow in emotional maturity, we're, we're, far more capable of showing up in authenticity wherever we are. So my true and complete self. And that doesn't happen by flipping a switch. It's, it's a process. We gradually increase in our emotional maturity. So now I want to shift gears a little bit, but, but it's connected to, to that, all of that related to authenticity. And I want to talk about, so, the, so I think the opposite of authenticity is hypocrisy. And Jesus used the word hypocrite to describe the Pharisees often, especially in Matthew 23. So then this idea that, that Jesus called the Pharisees out for hypocrisy. And one of the questions that, that I ask is, how, how can I show up? as my true and authentic self and not be ugly with others. Matthew 23, Brenda. How can I be true to myself? Because often, here's what happens. Out of my emotional immaturity, I have to get angry before my authentic self shows up. And then I, then I excuse myself by saying, well, I'm angry, and so it's okay to be this way because this is my true and authentic self, when the truth is it's my wounded, broken self that's showing up. And yeah, my wounded, broken self is part of me. But anyway, I had, so one of our faith-walking pastors texted me a couple of days ago with this question, uh, and his question was, so when Jesus called the Pharisees out and called them hypocrites. He, he called them names. Like, you're, you're like whitewashed tombs. And he was curious about that. And how, how does that align with faith-walking principles or what we would call Bowen family systems principles? And, and so I thought about it and gave him an answer. And I want to give that answer to you also. So, Was Jesus misbehaving? Was Jesus rude? Was he hurtful and not helpful? I mean, all of that comes into play when you when you call somebody a whitewashed tomb. Well, here's what I believe, group. First of all, I believe Jesus was 100% human, 
but I also believe Jesus was sinless. So if Jesus was sinless, if that, if that belief is true, then Jesus could not have been reacting out of anxiety. And he couldn't have been mean or hurtful. So, well, hang on. How can those two things be true? How can Jesus not be mean and hurtful and, and, and the other as well? And, and so here, I have at least three questions I think we, we need to ask ourselves. And, and I would ask, you know, of, of Jesus, is the statement I'm making about somebody else based on facts or is it just a story that I've made up about them? Is it really true? And, and the truth is, sometimes the story is true. Well, you know, uh, he, he is liberal, or she is ultra-conservative, or that person is a progressive, or that person is a traditionalist, or whatever labels we want to claim or, or show. Uh, and so what I want to be clear about is, and that's, that's always a go-to question for me, um, yeah, is what I'm saying based on my best thinking and in alignment with my own guiding principles, or am I simply attacking someone and hoping to embarrass them? I don't think Jesus was hoping to embarrass the Pharisees. Do you? I just don't think that's I don't think that's consistent with his character or or with who he was. Third question, is the statement I'm making about a person intended to be a mirror that helps them see themselves more clearly? Is it intended to be a mirror that helps them see themselves more clearly? Or am I hoping simply to, to shame them in public? And I think when I can answer those three questions, then I believe there are occasions when even in my best thinking, the right thing to do is to speak the truth out loud and hold the mirror up for people to see. That makes sense? But I've got to be careful to filter it through those three filters. I was just thinking that it's really easy to read this passage of scripture and um, put our own emotions into it. Mm -hmm. Just the our, our, our own tone of how we would react. Just yeah. like, I know we complain about, or I complain sometimes about texting because you can't get the tone. You can't understand what the person's right. intent was. And I think it's, um, really helpful to to consider if his statements that maybe we've thought were like angry in your face, that we consider them to be in alignment with everything else we know about him. Um, so that's really helpful. Yeah. Because for me, Trish, if, if, if Jesus was angry, that means he's reacting out of his own anxiety, which yeah. means he sinned, which yeah. means he sinned. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, if, if that's true, if Jesus sinned, then that messes with a whole lot of uh, the rest of my theology, right? And I'm going to, okay, so, so I just want to acknowledge, so I don't believe Jesus sinned. Well, that means there must be a different story. Yes, yes. And, 
And I wonder, yeah, okay, so so if I, I, I can't even imagine what it looks like, right? Out of kindness and love, Jesus called people out and held the mirror up and said, you know what? You're you're supposed to be spiritual and religious leaders, and yet you're a hypocrite. And here, here's the definition of a hypocrite, by, by the way. And I, I love this. It's a person who's who acts in contradiction to his or her stated beliefs and values. A person who acts in contradiction to his or her stated values. Well, well, guess what? The Pharisees lived in contradiction to what they said they believed. And Jesus, Jesus held the mirror up and said, listen, look, yeah, so, so it is based on fact. I love what you said about the fact, based on fact. Because there's a couple times, you know, being a mom, most moms, they want to set an example around their children, but occasionally we slip with words, you know, you know, in a critical way, you know, when you're out and you're upset mm -hmm. with somebody. And mm -hmm. oftentimes I've, I've said with, you know, my youngest, um, oh, I shouldn't have said that, that, that I'm, that I'm so sorry about that. That didn't sound right. And he's literally come back a couple of times. He said, mom, you're just stating fact. And I was like, well, I don't look at it that way. I said, it looks uh, to me, I'm being, mm -hmm. he goes, yeah, but is it true? Or is it this not true? Mm -hmm. And he made me look at things differently, you know, in that way. And, um, but, but I still, you know, I have to really watch it, you know, cause mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to be reactive. Um, right. I was speaking right. with somebody earlier this week who actually spent some time in prison um, because of a, a reactive uh, response. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I got to share a lot of faith walking with them. And, and actually we were talking about, you know, authenticity. Like if you can't be authentic around somebody that causes anxiety. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know it does for me. Right. But the more I am authentic with the, the strangers I even deal with, the more they start coming out, the more they start mm -hmm. speaking, the more comfortable they feel. Mm -hmm. And it just it just changes the whole presence of it. It's I'm I'm no longer just this person they're dealing with. Right. It starts forming a relationship. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. And and Brenda, the thing that got stirred up right at the beginning when you when you said, well, is it based on fact? Uh, I, I want to be clear. I think all three have to be true for us to be in alignment with Jesus. Okay. Yes. So yeah, you're right. It's the facts, but. I'm reacting out of my anxiety. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, then it's wrong. Nope. Can't do that. Or it's fact. And and I and I have clear guiding principles. But what I really want to do is just embarrass and shame these people and make them feel bad. Okay. Then it's wrong. <laughs> right. So I have all. If but if all three are in alignment, at least those three. There may be something else I'm not thinking of. But for me, if okay. And 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 then the opposite is true of me. I tend to never speak out in a way that offends anyone. And so what I'm taking away and learning is there are moments when I need to speak out with these three things in mind. I love these guidelines because it is never my intent to shame somebody. It really isn't. That's not my first four, you know, oh, I just well, want to shame them. Brenda, you're a better person than I am. But sometimes, no. sometimes I do, <laughs> but, but, but that when that anger, you know, when that anger gets stirred up, you know, or, or no, what, what is it? Mm -hmm. The, when I feel like justice hasn't been served, 
Right. Then, yes. Oh, oh, I just, I want to shame them. I want to mm-hmm. blast it all over the place and say, this is what so-and-so did. Um, and, and that's, that's where it's hard for me. I have to really control that. Right. I, I think the other thing for me often is that I think I know the facts and I make assumptions that I know the facts when I don't really know all the facts. I mean, here's what I know about me. People have labeled me in certain ways that I know are not true because they don't know the whole story. (laughs) They know a piece of the story. And based on the piece of the story, oh, oh, yeah, well, yeah, 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 that's true of Ken. Yeah, but you don't know the, the rest of the story. You don't know the whole story. And until you know the whole story, you don't really know me. I want to share one quick thing. I ran into somebody I hadn't seen in five years, had lunch with them. We were involved in ministry together. And I noticed they were starting to bring up rumors or wanting desperately to share and shame somebody. And as I sit there, I I, I said, do you really know this? Do you, do you really know that this happened or they said this or whatever? Mm -hmm. And, and um, they said, we'll put the facts together, the evidence together of this, this, and this. Right. And I was like, no, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm, you know, believe what you want to believe, but I'm not, I'm not getting this. And until I know personally, I'm not going, I, I really don't even want to get into this any further um, but it, because it was a situation that hurt a lot of people. And yeah. I said, I think there's just a lot of misinformation that has gone out mm-hmm. and lives have been destroyed over it. And I really don't want to continue this conversation, but yeah. we were able to get past that and have lunch still. Yeah. You know? Good. So, Good. Yeah. It made my skin crawl. I was like, I got home. I told my husband, I said, man, certain people just don't change. They love spreading gossip. There's something about a good juicy story that we all want to share with somebody else. Right. And uh, yeah, but what, what is the truth? Yeah. Good. Ken, I appreciated what you said about, um, you know, knowing the whole truth and knowing the whole story. Because I think even for my for myself, sometimes I make assumptions about motives. Mm-hmm. And and that's so easy to do. I, I think well for me it's easy to do with my spouse because we've been married so long. And you really, you know, believe you know that person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so well, even possibly better than they know themselves. So we think we've got this inside line here and I must be right, right? I mm-hmm. must be right. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, that's just, it, I find it interesting to stop myself after, you know, so many years and say, mm-hmm. well, you don't know their thoughts. You don't know their heart. Yeah. Therefore, back up the truck. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a truck? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Jerry, I resonate so much with what you just shared because just last night after dinner, my husband's really helpful um, sometimes in helping me clean the kitchen up. And he was washing some dishes while I was putting some food away and doing all of that. Well, there was one last pot that needed to be washed. And I put it by the sink where he was. And then he continued to 
kind of, I thought he was cleaning things up and he started putting the other things away. And I'm kind of stewing in that thinking, okay, fine. I will clean this pot. It's heavy and all of that. And so I asked him, I said, so you just didn't want to do this one pot? And he said, um, no, I was actually moving the other thing so I would have a place to put it after I washed it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And uh-huh. it was just, I thought I knew what I thought he was being passive aggressive and he was not. <laughs> and it's just like, uh-huh. yep, a uh, quick judgment there. Yeah. We, we've been married almost 39 years and um, we've not, we knew each other for longer than that. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't know. <laughs> yep, you don't, and and yet we do that over and over, especially with people we've been in relationship with a long time. So, from this conversation today, what's your biggest takeaway? Share with me one. Uh, share with me one takeaway. So I'll start and say I think mine is to to look for those appropriate moments when it's when it's appropriate to speak up because I don't speak up. I tend to be a distancer. Well, mine are the three that you mentioned uh, in, in one, the three ways to know if, if you're okay. speaking. The three filters. Mm-hmm. Yes. that That's really, that's going to be very helpful for me. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm someone who doesn't tend to speak up either until I get really upset and then it comes out and it's not the right thing. So mm-hmm. um, I, those three filters are important. I like the three filters too, but I think my biggest takeaway is don't make assumptions. Don't make assumptions. Good. Yeah. And I just resonate with what you said, Ken. I have a blind spot, I think, to my not differentiating like that and that being being inauthentic. I mean, just that's something I really think about that if I'm not speaking up because I'm afraid to differ self-differentiate then that's actually not being authentic <laughs> so it's it's here I go with the shade boys it's bad on more than one front <laughs> <laughs> no I'll back up forget I just said that go for ahead me, yeah for me it's the reminder again about thinking how you know to apply these three principles that you provide is I need to stop and think. Mm-hmm. I need to, you know, evaluate what I am, what's going on in me. So that takes a a moment or two. Yeah. And then pausing long enough to, you know, it are these the facts? Are they aligning? And am I, you know, providing that mirror in a loving way? Because you can provide that mirror. Mm-hmm. in a harsh way <laughs> of course you can yeah yeah so man that's right now that's a tall order yeah but it, I, but it comes with practice right yeah it, it does and and you're right jerry that that is huge and that's probably why i keep my mouth shut more you know is because i, I okay my motives are are impure and so that becomes a vision for me of, okay, I, th- I think Jesus was that way. I think Jesus was thoughtful and I think Jesus was loving. Uh, even when it appears that he wasn't loving. I mean, because we can read that story and say, well, that's not very loving. Calling people names. 
Okay, well, Jesus either did that out of his anxiety and anger, or he did it out of love. So, okay, so how do I align my, myself with that? Yeah, it's deep, it's, it's good, it's challenging, it's stretching. Even that, that process of saying what is so mm -hmm. for myself, I have seen that abused and weaponized. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yes. you can, you know, you can stand on your box and say, I'm just saying what is so for me, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. sound sound like this mature person, but in actuality, it's you're just spewing. Yeah. You're mm -hmm. unloading. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it, Jerry. That's it. And I, I and I think as as a person that's been a a public speaker for all of my life, a pastor and preacher, uh, to I mean, regretfully before faith walking, uh, I preached angry sermons before, hmm. and and that's all it was, it was just me being mad <laughs> instead of you know okay, yeah, I want to I want to stand and I want to speak and. I, but I want my speaking to align with the character in the way of Jesus. And yeah, and it's just hard because we have human emotion, right? <laughs> and we, and to be authentic is to, is to say, okay, I've got, I've got real human emotions, but I'm not going to let those emotions run wild and create more problems than they're worth. Brenda, you were going to say something. Well, if it's not too far down the track, <laughs> uh, it was about when you, you were talking about holding up that mirror. The first thing that came to yeah. mind was the scripture where he draws that line in the sand, you know, and, and he without sin cast the first stone. He's just right. saying, look, right. look at yourself. Right. You know, and and right. but I, I love what Jerry, what you said about when somebody is speaking their truth, <laughs> especially on social media. Sometimes I read things. I'm going, who are you talking to? You know, because people are, they do want to speak out. They want to say, Hey, this is, this is who I am. This is what I believe. And, but they want everybody else demand everybody else to agree with them. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's going off track. Mm -hmm. Judith. Yeah. I, I was thinking, I was thinking that the Lord has a real sense of humor. I, I find myself um, working closely with three people that I find very, very difficult to get along with. Mm. Um, and it's just, it's, it's comical to me that this is, I'm in these relationships where I, I want to be in this place serving in this manner. So, and here's these individuals in, in three different situations. Um, and I've got to admit that my depression and anxiety that I suffered, um, I'm saying that past tense, I'm hoping that's true, um, mm -hmm. taught me a lot about first going back when I'm inclined to want to say something to realize that I, I don't know the whole story. They're reacting, they're behaving in some way, and I don't know what's going on any more than people knew what I was facing with my depression and anxiety. Um, I don't know what, or, or the baggage I've carried from my first formation. Um, mm -hmm. They haven't been blessed with the opportunity to have faith walking the way I have. And even right. though I talk about it, they're not taking the, um, the bait, you know, to try <laughs> to join it. I always try to put myself in their shoes when I'm, 
it, and it's not always immediate. I have to draw back and and think because my first reaction mm -hmm. mentally is often, are you kidding? You know, what, what are you doing? What are you saying? Why are right. you doing this? But I love these three filters because I think that there may be times that I should speak out. Mm -hmm. um, and and yet if I'm going to, I've got to, I've got to have these etched on the inside of my eyelids so that I can, you know, see them um, when I need them. Mm -hmm. Me too, Judith. Me too. Put them on your phone screen. I'm thinking about it. I'm going to see if there's a way for me to. Excuse me. Let me look at my phone before I answer what I would tell yes. you what you want to say. <laughs> yeah. You, you just need to carry a teleprompter with you. Or maybe a tattoo. A tattoo would do. Okay. So one of you really creative people need to think of one word that describes all three filters. Just one word. And we put it together. Maybe we make an acronym out of it. You know, uh, that's way beyond me. So one, <laughs> one of you will have to come up with that. Oh, I'm most definitely going to work on that. That's a good idea. I knew you would, Brenda. For more information about faith walking, visit www.faithwalking.com. We want to remind you that faith walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider donating today at faithwalking.com. Visit our site for more workshops and courses available online. Thank you for listening. Thank you.